0: Everybody, I'm Pastor AJ Hausman, and welcome to Ten Foot Pole, a podcast to dig deeper into aspects of the Bible that get glossed over or totally ignored in most preaching. The Bible has a lot of parts that are racy, uncomfortable, and sometimes downright horrifying. Let's talk about it. Welcome to season two, episode five. Uh, this is great. Merry Christmas, everyone! Our special guest uh, for our Christmas episode is the Reverend Joe Grauman from St. Stephen's Lutheran Church in
1: Woodbury, New Jersey. Hi, everybody. Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. Um, So here's a question um, that I like to ask pastors. Uh, Pastor Joe, do you guys have church on Christmas Day? If it's not
1: a Sunday. If it's not a Sunday. Um, it is unclear, right? because of the pandemic and I think mm. they used to have it and then during the pandemic, they haven't had it. and people are very lukewarm on the idea. Um, I know I grew up never going to church on Christmas Day. Um, and you know if I have to, I'll lead worship on Christmas Day. Uh, I've found that once I do show up, it's kind of nice and homey. There's not very many people there. Um, but no, I would say if it were just up to me all the time, we wouldn't have church on christmas day.
0: i've I've seen it done both ways. so it's just like a curiosity because mm. I also yeah. we my church didn't have Christmas Day service growing up. so like that wasn't a normal mm. thing. Um, and then, like, so I did my internship in New Jersey, and my church did not, but my supervisor's church, I was at a detached site, meaning just that mm-hmm. my pastoral supervisor was at a different church than I was. His church did, and he wanted me to preach on Christmas Day, so, like, I stayed for that. And then right after that Christmas Day service, got in my car and drove across the country to where my family lives in Iowa. So I spent Christmas mm-hmm. Day in the car. Um And i I remember... Even a church that I worked at before I was ordained like had Christmas Day service, but the absolute only staff member that went was the pastor um, that mm-hmm. he kind of did that for, you know, lots of people that don't necessarily have somewhere to be on Christmas. This is the mm-hmm. place that like, like there was just a little luncheon and an 11am service that it was something mm-hmm. for folks that didn't have big family traditions or something like they had a place to go and celebrate. So I've always kind of liked that idea, but I also know like from a pastor perspective, like if you do have family things, you're like, just kidding guys. Um, I won't be there. Cause I have to go to church. So I know sometimes there's that internal struggle. So I was just curious what people are doing these days.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm curious too. And I, I, my experience has been the same that, it's nice when you're there um, and often there's a couple like a small amount of people for whom it's really important mm-hmm. but the vast majority of people would rather not be there and so yeah you have to balance what what are your priorities and um, what do you want to do I think that's something we should ask ourselves more what do I want to do <laughs> um, because chances are if you want to do it or you don't want to do it there's a lot of people who agree that feel the same.
0: Yeah, Agreed.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. But anyway, so this Christmas um, does fall on a Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so every year for like Christmas Eve, there's we have the same gospel lesson, right? Like we use Luke because that's the cute little Jesus in a manger. And, you know, the shepherds come and they have the big wait.
1: The wise men. No, shepherds. Shepherds. Wise men don't come until Epiphany, I think. In Luke. In Luke. I don't know. The... Oh, no.
0: I just talked about Matthew and I'm trying to remember. It
1: just it. all blends together. No, This Matthew's... is the problem. We blended together one... so much.
0: I know. What is the men a are
1: definitely the, like, wise the man, main deal. In the I
0: come in. Matthew. I'm not sure
1: if they're in Luke. The Magi are definitely in Matthew. They're in I Matthew,
0: and Herod wants them to report back, and they trick right. so that, he can, they, that <sighs> he can kill Jesus, and then they don't.
1: Mm-hmm. they uh, not.
0: That's in Matthew. They're pretty cool.
1: Okay. Anyways, mm-hmm. yes.
0: The shepherd and the angels are like, glory to God in the highest peace be you know all the people on earth that's luke mm-hmm. so we do that every christmas eve because yeah. that's you know that's, that's
1: the dramatic it. one that's the yes. fun one you well, know there's that's the no one birth you story hear.
0: in mark um and nope. as the audience will have just heard uh last week on the podcast with pastor sarah um jesus's birth is a footnote in matthew mm-hmm. and so yeah when we come to our big christmas eve celebrating it comes from luke every year
1: mm-hmm Every and, year.
0: And, and you're right, though, like we have this thing where we like kind of mesh them all together. So we get mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, was which which gospel is that actually from? So then mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, we oh, Christmas we, Day, we divert away from the baby in the manger and we mm-hmm. talk about John.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the audience has heard this before, but like the so Matthew, Mark and Luke kind of tell the same story of Jesus's life. Um, and the author of John was like. Now I'm going to tell a different story. Totally different story. 100% completely different story. It's not 100%. There is some overlapping stories. But for the most part, right, like, out in left field. So, that includes how the author of the Gospel of John describes Jesus coming into the world. So let's hear it and talk about it. John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. And I will read from the New Revised Standard Version. With... No, maybe I won't. I made some editorial uh, translation notes for myself, and can't decide if I want to read mine or just read the one that's in the new revised standard version. What do you think I should do?
1: Oh, I think it'd probably be easier to read the NRSV, so we're starting from the same place, and then we can talk about our translation notes. And because there's just every every word in this is just like chef's kiss, you know, Got it. and. And, and so, if we're, like, beginning from the same language, we can talk about the, the, fun, the fun other things.
0: Alright, you make some valid, reasonable points. I'll do that. Okay. John 1, to 1-14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. Was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory and the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Ah, beautiful.
0: So, as everyone hears here, there is no baby, no manger. Um, no manger. I, well, I think, so, like, you know, in a good Christmas fashion, we're going to say it from the Grinch, right? Uh, the gospel writer of John did not want to touch that baby thing with a 39 and a half foot pole. And I say that. Also, every time I say 10 foot pole," it's hard for me not to sing the Grinch song. So I'm glad that we could at least reference that one. But mm. I say that because it's it's really it's like the author is like, "Ooh, babies' birth—that's super messy. It's bloody. After we're just not going to talk about that. There's none of it. Mm. Can't can't even go that's there.
1: What? I don't. I feel like he didn't care <laughs> if, in in that too. Like I feel John. John is like, you know what? This I don't even know if he read Luke. I probably should have looked that up, but he was just like, not, not material. Like we don't need to talk. Luke was all about, you know, Jesus's birth. It's like this heralded King and lots of parallels with Caesar and all of that. And there's a lot of that in John, but I, yeah, I think John's much more like, listen up folks. This is cosmic shit. Yes, like the Jesus is coming into the world, and like it is beyond beyond all this, you know and
0: it's like really poetic shit, but at the same time you're also mm-hmm. like, what? Mm-hmm. what is he trying to say here like right? I don't understand
1: yeah.
0: he's I, telling I a he's poem and I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. I want to hear about a baby in a manger and there were cute little animals and this this the word the word was god and the word was with god and
1: wh- what mm-hmm. i remember as a kid i was an incredibly nerdy child still am an incredibly nerdy child of god mm-hmm. and like i remember reading this with my friend kate who is also a nerd she's still a nerd too and we were talking about like we were both in middle school and you know going through confirmation and at least I didn't want to be in confirmation when I was in confirmation. And uh, thinking like, gosh, this is all so dumb. Like, <laughs> read this. Can you get over? I was, the in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Who writes this? And I think today, you know, um, it's a big, it, I'm the same way. This is why I thought this is such good stuff to talk about.
0: No, I think um, it's. For those that are going to go to church on Sunday, Christmas Day, uh-huh. whether because it's their tradition to go to ch- church on Christmas or whether it's because it's like it's Sunday so they go to church, I think that there's still a lot of people that are sitting in their seats. It's Christmas Day. They're getting ready to hear all the fun Christmas carols. And then someone mm-hmm. starts reading this from the pulpit and their eyes gloss over, right? Like they're done. Yep. They're like, no, we want to talk about baby Jesus and we want to sing joy to the world. What is this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, This is what they're giving us
1: today? right it's like john is like the philosophy student at the cafeteria who's you know you're trying to talk about what you're doing this weekend and he's like guys have you ever heard about Immanuel kant (laughs) it's like nobody wants to deal with this right now you know and he is he's just nobody can understand he wants to set i think a dramatic and theological stage here. Instead Can I tell you a
0: a fun baby. story about this is just what you reminded me of. Um oh. so Mary Erling was my uh faculty supervisor in seminary. Joe and I went to the, uh-huh. the same seminary. Um and she is actually <sighs> is honestly one of the smartest people I've I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my, uh, like my faculty panel, so when you're getting ready to graduate from seminary and you're going to get approved to become an ordained pastor in the Lutheran church, one of the the things that you have to do is you have a couple of faculty that like question you, talk about your sermons, your theology, go over a few things and sort of give a faculty stamp of approval that they believe you've done the work, you know what you're talking about and that you're allowed to talk to other people about this stuff. (laughs) is the best way to put that so i'm sitting in my faculty <laughs> which room. frankly
1: is a standard we must cling to honestly yes
0: it's a very <laughs> very important step um so i'm sitting in this you know you're like really nervous right like you're ready like are they going to mm-hmm, drill right. me on the confessions yeah. on the whatever yeah, uh, right. and so the other faculty that was in the room was like taking notes and like writing down and like you know doing questions and it was one of those like awkward silences where like uh the other professor was taking notes and writing about my answer to whatever i'd just been questioned and mary erling just goes do you ever think about what jesus would have like seen going into roman houses as a carpenter like the conversations that he would have overheard or been a part of and i was like (laughs) you're like am i am i being punked right now (laughs) I was like looking I was like, is this is this one of the real questions? Do I need to answer this? And and it was one of those things the moment I was like, what what is happening? Where what what mm-hmm. is going on? That later I look at it and I'm like, that is such a, like an amazing philosophical question that no, I haven't thought about that because I'm not smart enough to think about that. Uh-huh. So I think about like maybe on Christmas, that's exactly uh-huh. what's happening with these gospel Luke's like, yes. no, I'm just gonna tell you the story. This is exactly you know, what you need to know. Tell it like a you know good storyteller does. And the mm-hmm. author of the Gospel of John is just like 12 steps ahead of everyone else in is thinking about things in such a more, you know, enlightened philosophical kind of way.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? He's on a different plane. You yeah, know?
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: We are 2,000 and late, and John is 3,008.
0: That's right. To quote
1: the Black Eyed Peas, which shows you that I am old.
0: <laughs> That's fine. That is still on my yeah. running, my running
1: playlist. I, oh my God. Yes. Right. My it's Spotify so rap
0: came out and everyone's like, Oh, listen to all your oldies and Shakira and stuff. And I was like, listen, this is just what's on my running playlist and has been right. on my running playlist since 2008.
1: Yes. It's the, be- it, I have realized that like our generation and generations before us all, like we all just stopped listening to music in our like late teens and early twenties. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. But I I was thinking about, right, that John is this kind of um right, he's mystic. He's mystical. He's his uh mind is in the sky. It's in the heavens. And when I think about Dr. Erling and, like and how grateful I am for her witness, it reminds me, right, like John is a beautiful example of how the church and society needs like the poet and the dreamer and the yeah. and and the wise people it also reminds me how as christians and like so some of us who are pastors might think about this sometimes that often we're weirdly called to be like the quote wise people in the room which is hilarious because like i don't know anything but often people you know like we can often be like oh this reminds me of this poem or something and um that's great um but also that is more broadly as Christians, right that we are blessed with these stories and this poetry and these songs. and this is really um, poetry, right like it's in yeah. it's not it doesn't rhyme <laughs> but you know it doesn't rhyme it's it is not
0: poetry yeah,
1: done like poetry, but it it's he you know talking it's all rich in metaphor and and um, rhythm and and yeah, he he's kind of saying, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are like, "Okay, guys, so this is what happened," and John is like, "But what really happened?" Yes, <laughs> and in well, the the word was know, God, then the word was right. with God. The Luna Lovegood of evangelists, you know? He, yeah, he, I love it. Yes, I know. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> no, but right, I know. Matthew Obviously, Matthew, what I've said is just
0: so incredibly enlightening <laughs> that. Uh, okay, I can't believe. Yeah, um,
1: this, this is when people go click or you know. <laughs> That nah, side your finger
0: this makes, makes on the smartphone right now. screen. <laughs> the word became flesh. This is a very weird phrase that befuddles mm-hmm. everyone's mind and mm. is one of those things that you're like, what? Yeah, is actually going on. Right. And I'll say, uh, so uh, this word becoming flesh thing, and like, um especially more imagery that we see throughout the Gospel of John. um You know. John really likes to talk about bread and you need to eat me and all that kind of stuff. Uh, When we hear that, this is why early Christians um, by other cultures and stuff were thought to be cannibals. They're like, Oh, they're Mm frigging eating people in there. Like you can't go there. Um, And so I think I, it's just interesting that like um, this is a Christmas day text, right? That we,
1: uh, that we're like, Oh yeah. Hmm." Oh yeah. Oh no. Well, and that's the funny thing about John is as much as he's spiritual and kind of out there and out there in the ether he's also so embodied and right. And even sexy, right? Like the, the, uh, the, the life discourse is very much like you have to gnaw on my flesh. like And, and even as the disciples are saying like, yeah, but really Jesus is like doubling and tripling down and here the you know, the beautiful, it's such a beautiful piece of literature, the whole gospel, because here we have kind of, we have John's thesis statement and and you zeroed in right on the, mm. the heart of this, this prologue, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us is from the beginning, the radical and challenging and mysterious heart and core of our Christian faith. And it's also the whole point of John's gospel. Yeah. That which is cosmic has become one of us.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, so there's a connection to the Genesis 1 story here. So that the word Uh was God, the word was with God in the beginning. So this in the Uh beginning language, uh, which what we get in the the first creation story in Genesis 1. um, Mm -hmm. And the importance of being the word, right? Logos. So um, God spoke the world into being. You know, and so here we have this word that spoke the world into being. This is the word that became flesh. Mm-hmm. So something also um, to put in, you know, with a more like mystical, uh, philosophical mindset. So logos um, in Greek philosophy um, is described as, as reason. So if someone mm-hmm. is like out of their wits, they would be without logos um, is how that would have been described. Um, you can read some more good stuff about this, uh, where I learned this in Christology and cultural perspective, um, from the Reverend Dr. Colin Green. Um, and so a fun thing about this is so that this is reason, right? This is reason. Um, this is wisdom. Um, and why does wisdom sound familiar to us as people who are familiar with Genesis, the Old Testament, um, the Hebrew scriptures, right?
1: proverbs and the wisdom of solomon is that what you're asking or is this but just a, in general like wisdom?
0: Point? sophia god's spirit the spirit that, yes. is, that is wisdom
1: mm-hmm. well and john right like um very much takes the wisdom thing and and wisdom is often in in proverbs especially but wisdom is described as being in the beginning with god right before creation one of the yes. first created things god's companion and, yeah and so wisdom sophia it's this feminine greek noun becomes logos which Mm -hmm. is analogous we have logos in analogous and to um to sophia but is male Mm -hmm. which is a weird thing right but but of course that direct line of jesus is logos at least one of the commentaries i read by gail o'day who has um sort of recently um, passed away and who is a professor at Emory. Um, her commentary on John um, talks about how this too, like we like to sell. Well, it does I think an interesting
0: often, play with gender there, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it
0: does. Uh, yes and um so this would be um I-, I think an uncomfortable topic for um some folks to think about if we're talking about the word here so the wisdom old testament in the hebrew mm-hmm. sophia so this is uh, uh, it's feminine right then as this the feminine then there is come into the world in jesus it becomes masculine so um
1: mm-hmm.
0: the wisdom of god appears to be uh, transgender to me
1: oh yeah yeah definitely well, it, it it's played with. I would say, yes, certainly. Um, oh no, I lost my Zoom window. Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it and-
0: is. It is played with, and it is something that, like, again, like this is. It's all about you know um, how how things are perceived and read, and and whether those were important or sometimes you know it just. Languages that have, you know, uh, gendered articles is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes befuddling to us um, in English, where we don't have that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, it, you know, it could be one fun interpretation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, right? Like the the wisdom, the hakma in in Hebrew, the Sophia in the Greek, and you can't really. Another thing that I read, right, is we can't really s- separate. Um, like Hellenistic and the Greek interpretation in, interpretations yes. either that that some people are saying oh you know John Barry, um Greek in his in his thought yet really dwells richly in in the Hebrew mm-hmm. um, understanding uh, intentionally yeah, we, and I
0: think that part of that connection yeah. here to um, the beginning and the Genesis origin story. Um, is exactly that to connect to uh, a Mm -hmm. Jewish Hebrew speaking, um, audience who would know that story.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got sirens. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, to begin with in the beginning was the word just puts Jesus squarely in the, the, the Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. is what you i think that you just said right but that, yeah. that we don't That god god is doing a new thing and yet god has been doing new things since the first new thing creation um,
0: yeah uh and so in here so we see this new thing is that like so god decides to become human for a while mm-hmm. puts on human flesh and walks around um -hmm. and that's you know so all right i joke birth is pretty messy and the the author didn't want to talk about how messy that is um Mm. i've been there recently i can tell you it is some messy messy business uh but this idea that like god put on flesh and bone and stuff like that's still kind of you know, gross, gross to think about a little bit. Um, but that also that God chose to be human and what that means. Cause like, I, I don't know about you, Joe, but like, the older I get, man, it is more and more painful to wake up every day.
1: Mm. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> agony, right? It's just agony until death. Really? Being, yes. Is,
0: being flesh and blood yeah. is very, uh-huh. man. Um. Yeah, but it there- just, no, I was going to say that just like how weird that it is that like I, the creator of the universe, that this, you know, all powerful omniscient God was like, yeah, I'm going to give that a try. Take it for a spin around the block. See how that
1: goes. Yes. I wa- Your God is like, hmm, I already know because, of course, omnipotent and omniscient and everything. <laughs> but I wonder what it's actually like to poop. I'm going to try that out. We'll see that. Or like, you know. Did they have buses then? Did God miss the bus? You know, like like I, and then think, oh God. Well, I, I think some of the more the things. Of... Well, I
0: think of like, yes, that's a very human um uh, experience. <laughs> but I think some of like the other things about um, you know, about emotions and stuff like that. Like, you know, think about especially being like a teenager when like you cannot control your emotions. Um, you know, just thinking about like god going through all of this um so i posted i have a two-parter uh christmas sermon um called the the audacity of christmas um that is on on the website 10 under the blog section i decided to post this to kind of complement some of our christmas discussions um but this idea of like it would wouldn't made more sense like if you're thinking about i'm gonna come into the world and be super super powerful and like the god of everything that you would just like pop out of the sky and proclaim yourself in the middle of jerusalem like you know like you see you know like a lot of superheroes like that they just like you know you know Uh thor just falls out of the sky and he's there and magnificent right um that to me like when that made sense but like god chose to like be born the most vulnerable Mm -hmm. thing that you can do like yeah. I was just telling Joe before we started um, recording about uh, my 10 month old daughter about, uh, you know, trying to work out some of the balances of trying to do some podcast things um, while keeping this child alive. Cause it's a lot more difficult than like, you know, than you think, right? Like you have to watch them at all times or they're going to like shove something in their mouth and choke on it or like fall down the stairs. Like how many times did like, I could just see Mary being like, oh my gosh, like like, trying to keep Jesus from eating dirt, right? Like, you're God, mm-hmm. right? You have to, you like, I have to keep you alive. It's crazy, that kind of vulnerability. Like, why would God choose to be vulnerable like that? What does that mean mm-hmm. for us? Like, that's sig- very significant.
1: It is very significant. It's the heart of everything, right? With, with This is, I mean, this is why we do what we do, right? Because Jesus, God has chosen to become vulnerable to us, right? That God... And, you know, you want to talk about play you, you, God's uh, inherent, um inherent, you know, God's inherent um, like nature in breaking down barriers between us and notions of gender and sex and sexuality, right? Yeah. To be born to, to be contained in a woman, right? To be born of a woman, um to contain all of God that transcends gender, yet to also be. Particular in like a, a historic figure, right? Somebody who had gender and had all of those things with it, um, but also who was vulnerable, right? And of course, we see the culmination of this vulnerability um, in his death on the cross. Um, that's and and in John, particularly the the part that is his resurrection isn't. John is split into these two. Sevens, if, if you read, you know, we hear about the book of signs, he does seven signs, these mm-hmm. miracles that are signs that he's the Messiah, the son of God, God. And then you have the book of glory and the book of glory is his death, like his, you know, that he is most glorified. He is most godly, godlike um, in crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that saves us by the end of the book, Sacrifice. right? He's his perhaps his sacrifice his solidarity with us i go. think when i think of uh, there are so many oh gosh this, that's a whole well, other so podcast. there are a couple
0: is looking at sacrifice um uh-huh. i took a seminary class called faith and film that we uh with um Dr. John Paul and we talked about the different kinds of sacrifice. So there is there's of course self sacrifice, but then there's also mm-hmm. the sacrifice of other. And so mm-hmm. I can make a great argument that at the hands of the Roman Empire, Jesus was sacrificed, not not necessarily looking at self sacrifice, but looking at how the world sacrificed him. It's a different hmm. different lens.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: But while you were talking, you actually gave cool. me a great idea for um for a book if I were to ever write some uh, Bible fiction, um, which my ADD may or may not have enough focus for me to be able to do that. Yeah, it's like fan fiction, right? Like when you're a pastor, that's that's just what it is.
1: Isn't? Aren't we just like fan fiction writers every every Sunday? This is what
0: we do. (laughs) Anyways, this is my idea. So we talk about, you know, we have here that this is God's only son being born into the world. And what that means for him to be gendered as male, right? Like, I was just thinking, I was like, well, I mean, I guess God's daughter could have been born into the world. And like, just because she wasn't a boy, like, maybe she didn't get very far. So no one recorded her story. Um, so I thought that could be a good, fun uh, Bible fan fiction that the first born child is actually um, a, a daughter that we don't have any records of in scripture because um, it'd be a very feminist uh, version of this book, obviously, about how the patriarchy put her down and did not allow her to share the story and grace and love of God because she was a woman.
1: I love this book. I would read that book. Okay, great. That'd be great.
0: I wonder gonna, if something's been... this something has later. to What? hmm well, i'll come back to this reference later and i'll be like oh well joe help me come up with uh, the book idea
1: <laughs> if you do write it i want like a forwarded. yeah some least. some credit like, some, at the bottom somehow right i want to i want to capitalize on this perfect in some kind of way
0: well yeah. so that's a topic that people talk about um I'm and good. it's about like is it important that you know because roughly when a child is born i believe it is roughly a 50-50% chance that they're a boy or a girl um mm-hmm. and you know is is it relevant or important that jesus was male um i've heard several arguments on both sides a, a mm-hmm. heated topic of conversation in the seminaries these days um what do you think
1: oh god um i think if you want my total, if you want my actual opinion, I think now, at least now, it is a distraction. Ooh. It would have, I and maybe because, mo- I I mean, as a gay and like most of my friends are women, and like as a committed feminist, I just think it would have been much easier if 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 Jesus were born a lady, and probably would have done a better job along the way no (laughs) but uh, certainly a better job i mean like what do you mean that it would have been easier no i i mean i think it would have been worse for her (laughs) right it would have been but i think um i think that we become just so obsessed with jesus's maleness Mm. and by me i mean the church um
0: and and well let's talk about the history of the church this is why um this is why there are several Christian denominations that only allow males to be um, priests and pastors.
1: That's one of the excuses with a big wink and an eye roll yep. that they use, right? That like Jesus was male and therefore um, those who act in, you know, like in Jesus's personhood must be male. Like, I don't know. Jesus was also Middle Eastern. He had brown hair, pro- probably brown hair, probably brown eyes. You know, he was, he had a height, six, we'll say Jesus was like five foot four or something like that. I I like to think of Jesus as a short shortcake. Guy? And right, like a little, I mean, but back, weren't people smaller back then? But you know, that all of true. these things can be different, but maleness is somehow the one that some people can't negotiate on. Yes. And I think, I mean, maybe I just don't see us having the same problem if Jesus were a woman. Uh, I feel like we'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could be any gender. You yeah. Can, somehow the patriarchy would find some way. It, or maybe it'd be worse. Yeah. I don't know. This I, is good. That's the second my, book. I the second feel book. my we'll career slipping away with yep. every word. Right? <laughs> just like, it would have been better if Jesus were a lady.
0: Yes. That's the moral. Have Merry Christmas. That's the real moral. Of Christmas. Merry Christmas. Right. The <laughs> better of Jesus were a lady. Okay, anyway, so the word becomes flesh. (laughs) Um, The word becomes flesh and dwelt among us. Um, Mm -hmm. So the Greek word here for dwelt is uh, skinu, uh, which means to tent. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: The Reverend Dr. Karen Wiseman, um, who was on season one, by the way, gives one of my uh, sort of favorite Christmas imagery about God coming to pitch a tent with us in Jesus and, and what that means. Um, so where are places that we pitch tents, right? So to think about this, um, I am a middle-class white lady, um, and I love to go camping. And so that is one way that people pitch tents. But for others, let's talk about um, maybe folks that are homeless that live in tents and what that means or folks that are protesting or or activists that are sleeping in tents in order to stand up for something um, and to fight for justice. Um, or I think about, um, you know, during the pandemic, um, and this happens in, in other places. It just also happened in the United States during the pandemic that we had medical tents that were set up, like emergency medical tents that were set up in the middle of urban areas, um, because that's how much extra, um, help that they need. Also a place to separate those that had that. Um, so, but I, but I think about like, and you have Doctors Without Borders, like a lot of, you know, we have these works, you, I just see it on TV, right? So this might not have to be as actually is at all. Um, that like, you see, you know, these doctors working in, in tents, right? Um, I, I just think about what are other places that like, where, what does it mean when we say that like, God dwells with us, that would God would show up and pitch a tent with us? What that is?
1: I really you know i'm so glad that you framed the question the way you did because to think of the time, to- the times when we pitched tents i think of my own time like pretending that i liked camping <laughs> and like and going camping and being like yeah this is great um but um you uh you mentioned you mentioned right hol- homeless folks and um people who are protesting and then i think uh, two about people for whom their culture is nomadic mm, uh, yeah right and we you know we I you're talking about camping I thought about glamping and yurts and this is how I got into nomadic people right uh, and and um for whom their entire lives their way of being their society is organized on whether it's moving with migratory species or moving from place to place. Um, also, right. This brings us to the biblical reference of that he the the tabernacle, right, in this tent when the Israelites were were wandering in the yeah. desert and they hadn't yet set up shop, right. But, Bringing uh, it back
0: to the Hebrews and the fact that right. like the author definitely is writing for that audience
1: too. Right. Totally. But also, yeah. Just the 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 this idea that that God dwells with us and yet is also moving on the move yeah.
0: um, comes along but, for the journey right like it's not right. i i think um the way that i kind of like think about you know the cool imagery of god being on the move in jesus living intense things is we can get really stuck of like god being in the church right in the physical mm-hmm. church building that that's where god lives um but this imagery of like no 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 god's got a tent man a rucksack rucksack on his back mm-hmm. and he's he's going for it you know is is everywhere is mobile and on the move that mm-hmm. god is indeed alive in other places besides just physical church buildings
1: yes yeah no uncontainable yet chose to be contained there's so much that you know this gospel i love it because especially just in this prologue we have so many biblical themes and it's just so dense that you could take you know just the one thing that canoe and and we're talking about you know that there's a sermon right there's a sermon in mm-hmm. um you know just in the beginning was the word <laughs> like it's um but yeah that God is not in the church building um the that God is on the move that God moves us right because we have we you know we have God in us and and that God who is on the move moves us to do things and mm-hmm. perhaps moves us out of our churches yeah and into podcasts
0: that's right i was gonna say i'm like this is Mm -hmm. this is you know this has got on the move right here and no no church buildings um are are involved at all actually um and so what does that mean for the community that's gathering to to listen to this right
1: right right or you know i'm thinking or i'm thinking about that one or those one or two listeners who are truly sick and listening to this while running like they're on the move yeah you know truly really sick well those truly sick people would run I love, and listen to podcasts i actually love i actually love to run um so those of you who are sick and running you know good for you i am with you uh whatever your pace is just accept it
0: that's me too i also will admit that sometimes i'm one of those sick people that instead of listening to music does listen to podcasts while running
1: oh me too my me wife too. finds
0: that crazy she's like i don't how how are you moving isn't that like
1: well, um, sometimes this this I'm further just compounds place. this further compounds my bizarre brain. But sometimes if I'm listening to music with a driving beat, then I like the like march with it, or like it, yeah, the, the beat affects my pace in a way that's not helpful. And so sometimes just listening to a bunch of like weirdos talking about Jesus, yeah. is is good.
0: Yeah, that really gets you motivated, gets you going. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. You could be, like, imagine just running away from the talking voice, and it just keeps you going.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the imagery we want everybody to have. Um, <laughs> there's one other thing that you're I also. really...
1: Uh, My one so and only appearance, folks. No,
0: <laughs> I told Joe, I was like, not everybody gets invited back, so think about No, I'm just kidding. Um, you're great. Um, something else that, you know, and I talked about sort of the things that I changed in like my own personal translation um, rather than the NRSV that helps me open the text up as well as I think um, kind of highlight some things that I think we may need to talk about um, is the phrase the the light shines in the darkness and the darkness mm. did not overcome it. Mm. This verse right here. So there is some interesting dichotomy that, that we get in, um, throughout scripture and then subsequently throughout Christianity that can pit this light against dark. Um, And uh, the way that it is manifested um, and uh, been used in the past um, to really talk about sort of darkness, bad light, good. And then what we see is folks that are dark, um, get that association with bad. And then folks that are light get that association with good. Um, and so this is a problem that, that, um, we draw out of scripture that, um, is not the intention of the scripture. Um, and so I want to point out the, the, the word for darkness here, um, more accurately uh, can be translated obscurity. So the light shines in obscure places and the obscurity did not overcome it. Um, and just like take a moment to let that sink in and what that could possibly mean. Also, that there is a really great children's book that came out by um, some Lutheran folks this year called God's Holy Darkness.
1: Oh my gosh, we have two copies of it that just came in. It's I also
0: book. have a copy of it for my daughter, which is great, uh, by Becca Selnick and uh, Cherie Green.
1: Oh, awesome. I'm really glad that I'm Again, I'm really glad that we're talking about this Mm -hmm. um, now because, one, it's like a huge, huge problem, right? Like the pain that the church has caused. And especially when we think about biblical interpretation. We haven't even touched on John and the Jews yet because that's a whole
0: thing. We, Um, we, as in the podcast, have. There are episodes that um, folks can go back and listen to in season one.
1: Oh, good. Which they should because it's a delightful podcast. Um, at least the one that I'm on. So the, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. So you're, the, you're um, right. this is the most delightful episode. Most delightful. As, as you're just like, delete, delete <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the, uh, but I mean, so to, to, to return to actually what I was saying, the, the understanding that this is a problem that it has caused pain certainly is not new. Um, but the, the, Fact that we are talking that mainstream majority white uh, congregations are talking about not that those are the same thing but um are talking about it has the really lutherans. allowed for i think a yeah. new flourishing mm-hmm. right but uh, uh, okay specifically lutherans yes, i just want to right, call it like the
0: lutherans of the very very yes, very white church very and so enough. we need we need yes. to own that in our own conversations yeah
1: right but also we're not the only mainstream christians is what i you know but, what i mean yes, very so, true. But, yes, yes yeah, majority white churches um, the fact that, you know, we're wising up, so to speak, is is so good because it's also flourishing of new and better language to mm-hmm. talk about this, right? Um, and just, you know, books like God's Holy Darkness are just wonderful because they point to us new ways to understand God yeah. and to experience God. Yeah.
0: And and you just point that out, right? To experience God from a perspective that is different than maybe what we're used to Mm -hmm. or what we've grown up with or how we've read scriptures or even just the recognition that the way that we read scriptures Mm -hmm. is offensive to other people.
1: Yeah. And so
0: to wrestle with that, to sit with that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, just, you know, if you want to start looking at all of the ways that, our sin, right, comes comes into
0: mm-hmm.
1: even, you might say, even scripture, probably a special scripture, but even, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I did want to talk, yeah, a little bit. One of the things that uh, Gail O'Day, who I mentioned before in in her commentary, she, she sets up this idea of, you know, we we often think about Jesus as the historical Jesus, right? Versus this spirit Christ. You know, the the person who we can, you know, Jesus is, you you might think of Jesus as God versus Jesus as the dude from Galilee and um, that John in his uh, in his prologue here, like completely gets rid of that dichotomy, that he brings up, this understanding of, you know, he talks about the cosmic and the story of like the actual people involved in the gospel. It's woven together in inseparable.
0: Yeah, I so I heard a good sermon um, along the lines once about so so we, um, you know, I'd say for the most part we acknowledge Jesus as both fully human and fully divine is, is what we profess. Mm-hmm um and so some would say that like if you you know it's sort of like mark versus john that like mark is Mm -hmm. the really really human jesus this historical account this historical figure um and that john really focuses on the really really divine jesus um and Mm -hmm. that this connection and to god and what it means for what his divinity to to focus on that as the important aspect Um, and I think, you know, what what you're framing here is that in the beginning here, we see that we see, we clearly like Jesus is labeled here, that he is, he is one with God is the divine. Um, and then, you know, what it means that like chooses, it then puts on flesh and walks around and we're getting that both and.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I see, I see, you know, I think I would probably of course, I didn't hear the sermon, and it's probably more nuanced than that, but I would probably push back a little bit against oh, that. That there's just as much, like, historical Jesus content oh. in in the, book of, uh, in the book of John as the rest. And I, I think that this prologue actually, as cosmic as it is, really right away, because, you know, verse 6, he talks about there was this man sent from God whose name was John. Um. Right away, and then we go back to some of the more cosmic business, um, and then we hear the story of John, and um, and that that maybe maybe the other three are way more historical, and John is a little is closer to the spiritual on the other side. But no, I think I think the history, the historicity, you know, the the fact that Jesus um, was like a real dude. Who like walked around and missed Oops. the bus? I, you know, even though that's very ahistorical, um, maybe they had like they had like bus carriages, right? I don't know, and and you know the 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 that that's really that's just as relevant. That's just as relevant, maybe just as relevant for John, but not necessarily um, as emphasized as the other three
0: well i think i i love it also um i heard that sermon like eight years ago so like i Uh could have done terrible memory and paraphrasing as well anyways um i think you're getting exactly to like that that question that i talked about earlier that dr erling Mm -hmm. said right like this is a very human thing that jesus would have been a carpenter in people's homes but like this grander way of looking at it of like how did that affect his experience Mm -hmm. and his worldview?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That that's what's, you know, getting there. And so I think that's what, um, if I understand right, that's sort of what you're touching on that this gospel of John brings out.
1: Yes. I think so. Right. Yeah. um, that there's an element of like, how cool is this? Yeah. like, in, with, and under. They're like, he did this, he did that, he did this. And, like, I think there's, there's a lot in the Gospel of John that doesn't really make sense from a narrative or a historical perspective. And we can go on and list those forever. Um, and so I think they are, like, less emphasized. But I think that the historical bit is, like, very much still a part of it. Like, we can't separate the confession mm-hmm. that Jesus is the Word of God you know, the word become flesh, mm-hmm. with the story um, of of what he did and and that he died and rose again. Um, yeah. I think that's what I, you know, that's kind of what I wanted uh, to bring up, that for this, this is, you know, um, this is a way that John breaks down that dichotomy, which is probably very much western and post-enlightenment right they're like oh Mm -hmm. some of this is spiritual and some of this is like what quote actually happened right um and john just is like no you can't this is the spiritual and what actually happened is the experience Mm -hmm.
0: well and yeah i can't remember if this was quoted Someone said it to me recently in a podcast recording. I don't remember if it's going to show up in the episode or not. Um, But that, like, the quote was that I believe that the Bible is true and that some of it actually happened.
1: Oh, I I remember Marty Stevens, like, said that on, like, the first day of intro to Old Testament. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that idea that, like, it's not necessarily meant to be, like, a chronology situation, right? That it's meant Mm -hmm. for that. You named it, it's an experience. It's the journey. Um, And it has to have all of those pieces to be that full divine and human experience of Mm -hmm. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could right, like you can't separate the God and the human. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Right. Right. It's the whole point. Oh God. I love this. Oh, it's great. Great stuff
0: fantastic stuff
1: fantastic it's almost like it's holy scripture almost i'm just kidding and it's it's like it's a good book i've heard that before
0: books plural i always try to make sure we emphasize that
1: what
0: lots of books (laughs) there are more than one
1: book in the bible yes oh my
0: gosh um it is a collection it is a bookshelf someone meshed and bound as one
1: I love
0: them. in the ones that they chose, we should have.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: the best way. I to
1: still want to read can. that. I'm still going to read that, like fan fiction of what if. I'll work on that
0: in all my spare time about uh, God's daughter.
1: I'm pretty sure it could get you excommunicated, but it would be worth it, at least for you. You write no, it. Oh,
0: that's the point. If you call it fiction, then it's okay. Okay. Oh, that's we'll get
1: it that's right. what I'll start doing. I'll just be like, you know what, Mabel? I'm tired of your crap. That was fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that just
0: like in all meetings in life now? And it's just like, like you know? all meetings. I'm just gonna yeah. say that
1: was fiction.
0: It's like <laughs> that awkward midwestern where you like say something that's offensive, and you are like, "JK, just
1: kidding." Get it. My favorite is that I'm just saying. Just Which saying. Actually just... doesn't right. It actually doesn't make it better. Like, yes, or, you d- um, you
0: did just say that. You are correct. You it did it just came say out that. of your mouth. and you said it out loud.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm just what? saying... I, thanks,
0: Joe, for joining us for you, this delightful Christmas episode. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone! Thank you. Um, have a happy New Year. Um, we will not have an episode uh, next week. Um, uh, it is a week that most pastors take a little bit of a break. Um, and so we're also going to break on a podcast. So you go into the week and sing all your Christmas carols um and then remember that epiphany is right around the corner and we'll talk about that but take a break i also just have a little announcement everyone there is merch coming and by coming it may be out by the time that this episode airs that there is merch there may be merch it's in the process or it may already happen um this is in two week time so i'm gonna you know It's going to be there. There will be things that you can buy that will have podcast logos and fun saying and stuff on them. Um, This is purely for your enjoyment as well as some of the proceeds do go to support the podcast. Um, So this is our little uh, fundraiser as well as you can have a cute mug or a pint glass or something that says your favorite podcast on it. That's what I got. Anyways... Um, please, uh, share the podcast, um, with your friends and family, um, with those that you, um, you think could enjoy just some good, um, hearty, fun Bible conversations that are also a little bit challenging. And you can learn more about the 10 foot pole podcast at 10 And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 foot pole podcast. And wherever you listen to podcasts, um, please subscribe. Um, and you'll get cool little notifications on your phone when new episodes come out. And remember that the 10-foot pole podcast is a ministry of the Delaware-Maryland Synod. And you can learn more by going to dmdsynod.org. All right. Have a Merry Christmas and take care, everyone.